Hi, friends. Welcome to The Butter Dish. Before we dive in today's episode, just wanted to thank you and take a moment for being here with us at The Butter Dish. Heidi and I kind of can't believe that we've got a podcast, but whether it's episode one you're joining us for or 31, we are incredibly grateful for your open-mindedness, your patience with us, as well as your willingness to evolve and change the way that you think or consider the way that you think. So without further ado, we want to introduce you to episode 31 with our friend Amber Brzezicki of Biceps After Babies, where we talk all about quitting. Enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to The Butter Dish. I'm Heidi Bollard. And I'm Natalie Giuliani. And who are we hanging out with today? <gasps> the one and only LCK, Lori Chrissy King. <laughs> I kind of low-key love that you just like everyone can know you just by three letters. I know, right? Yes. It's kind of awesome. Well, what's funny is like, because people always ask, like people thought that I like made that up for myself. And I'm like, <laughs> no, like the internet literally decided my name was too long. And so I got <laughs> you shall name me LCK. But um, the, what happened was the domain for like Lori King is taken by like a famous like book author or something like that. So it was like, well, okay, like I, I have to use my name for my website. And so, you know, then it obviously led over to social media. But yeah, social media like canceled my name. <laughs> I was like, yo, you, you get three letters. What's up? I love it. Do people ever even just call you to straight Lori or is it always Lori Christine King? I feel like your name is like, you have to say all of it together. I know. I totally agree. So what's funny is in person, most people actually just call me Lori. So same thing. It's like, if I introduce myself, I actually introduce myself as Lori. Um, so it's like, that's actually how I can quickly tell like people that follow me versus like people that might be like new to the party is it's like, well, if you slide in my DMs and you're like, Hey Lori, I'm like, Oh, you're new here. Like sure enough. I'll like look and be like, doesn't even follow you. And you're like, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> PS apologies. My Utah came out there for a minute. Lori, not Lori. <laughs> okay. So for those who might not know about who you are, tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. So my name is Lori Christine King, aka LCK. Um, I basically got my degree in nutrition dietetics. And so I was a competitive gymnast my whole life, loved being active, um, would compete at, you know, state and stuff like that. And so fast forward, it was like, you know, here I am going off to college. And so probably my junior or senior year of high school, um, I was just really struggling in ways that I'd never struggled before because it's like being an athlete, you know, I also did like competitive cheerleading, volleyball track, like we did the most. And so I'd never had to worry about like how I was eating, you know, I never had to worry about anything like that. And so when I kind of stepped away from competitive gymnastics, you know, it was like, I was still living a super active life in terms of, like I said, doing other sports, but here I was suddenly struggling with my weight, you know, for the first time in my life at 17, 18 years old. And so I was also struggling with tons of other symptoms. So it was like, you know, I would just be exhausted no matter how much sleep I got at night. And so I would say, especially like my senior year, I remember I started to actually miss class because it's like, I would be sleeping 10, 11, 12 hours of the day. And it's like, literally could not wake up to like go to school. And so, uh, thankfully, like, so my mom's actually a nurse. And so I think that when you, <laughs> other people that have, you know, parents that are like this, it's like, because they see so much worse out there. It's like, oh, like my daughter, you know, yeah, she's kind of struggling, but like she, she's fine, right? And so it was actually <laughs> my dad that was like, yo, like let's let's go see a doctor, right? And so sure enough, um, pulled a bunch of labs and came back really, really hypothyroid. 
And so went on medication for it and kind of started feeling better. Um, but still, like I said, just really struggling with my weight, really struggling with my body composition. You know, on paper, it kind of seemed like I was doing all the right things, being super active, you know, being careful about what I was and wasn't eating and still just struggling. And so um, decided, you know, hey, my doctor is not really getting me to where I want to go. Like, I want to learn more about how to, you know, A, I just want to feel good. Uh, but B, you know, I want to be a little more well-educated about you know, this diagnosis that I have and stuff like that. And so I decided to go um, basically to college and do nutrition dietetics. And so went to Illinois State, um, took me five years <laughs> because I did community college and then transferred uh, kind of to a four-year university. And so my biggest issue was, you know, here I was super passionate about nutrition, even um, my I think it was my junior, senior year of college is when I actually found CrossFit. So it was like, I was super into health, super into fitness, you know, like super about like paleo and meal prepping and all this stuff. And so like here, everything that I was learning in school was super outdated. So it's like, literally we had textbooks and everything that we're being tested on would be like, my food pyramid, <laughs> like, you know, like we, same thing. It was like, I interned at um, actually the hospital that my mom worked at. And so same thing, you know, it's like, we're implementing these meal plans or we're implementing, you know, these nutrition ideologies that I'm like, yo, like this is helping people be more sick. <laughs> like we are not helping these people, you know, feel better. And, and so it just, you know, it's like, ironically, I actually almost bailed because I was just like every single weekend, I would go to back to my parents and be like, yo, like, this is not what I thought. Like I've been catfished by this nutrition dietetics thing. Like I think I need to go do something else, you know? And so my parents were like, Hey, like, just like, we're here just like get, get the piece of paper and then you know move on with life. And so um, <laughs> sure enough, that's what I did was I actually didn't apply for going to my master's and, you know, actually testing and getting the RD letters. I was like, okay, like this isn't it. So like, I can't imagine, you know, two or three more years of this. And you actually also typically work for free. I don't think most people realize that not only are master's programs for nutrition dietetics really, really expensive. So like it's super common. Uh, I lived in Illinois at the time. So I remember I would like, I was super stoked about this program, like read all about it. And it was just more like kind of holistic, more natural rather than, like I said, like I knew that like working in clinical and like working in hospitals, like wasn't where I wanted to be. And so I remember like calling my parents and just being like, so let me get this straight. Like the average salary of, uh, for an RD is like 40 to 50 K a year. And this program is $80,000. Oh my and, you, God. and and again, you worked for you're you're interning full time. You're also obviously still going to school, doing all the things. So not only is it eighty thousand dollars, but then you would like, how are you paying for your life, right? Like, how are you yeah. paying for bills and you know re you're renting a place or whatever? And so I'm doing the math and like I don't know if it's just also like I'm from the Midwest, so like there's like the scarcity mentality of like oh my God, we need to like save money and be frugal and whatever. But it was like I, again, it was like mom and dad. I really want to become a registered dietitian, but this, this math doesn't add up for me that I'm going to go do this thing for two, three years, sell my soul, and then suddenly be in debt. And then also not be making enough money to like pay off that. Like it just didn't make sense to me. And so I graduated college, um, and actually coached CrossFit. So again, you know, it's oh, like, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> 
bless my parents, you know, here, my parents had a, had an agreement with every single kid of like, yo, like my dad never actually went to college. So for uh, me and my two brothers, it was like, Hey, you can, like, we want you, it's important to us to like graduate, not be in debt. So like, go get yourself a degree. Um, so I did that. And then I mutually turned around and was like, Hey, mom and dad. Uh, so I know you just pay for this thing, but I definitely don't want to do that. It's like, I'm gonna go coach CrossFit for 25 <laughs> bucks an hour. <laughs> and like, what? And like, you know, again, like bless my parents. Cause I think they just, you know, assumed I would figure it out at some point. Um, so I actually moved to Dallas immediately. It was two weeks after I graduated college, um, ended up coaching for somebody and being the head owner, um, of a gym that was owned by somebody who worked for seminar staff and HQ, uh, broadcasting. And so same thing, uh, ended up being on CrossFit gymnastics seminar staff for a couple of years. I'm like, that was so freaking dope, right? Like you talk about like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, being this broke ass coach, but like, you just love what you do so much. And like, you love helping people. And so to then turn around and get paid to be like, Hey, do you want to go to Costa Rica this weekend and help, <laughs> you know, teach people how to handstand? Like it was so, so dope. Uh, so I did that for, probably about two and a half years. And then that was really um, when I kind of realized like, oh, I, like I'm an athlete. I'm kind of good at this CrossFit thing. And uh, you know, the gym I was at was very competitive, you know, same thing, the owner and then multiple people at the gym had been to your know, CrossFit games, regionals, all that stuff a couple of times. And so really doubled down on like, yo, like I want to be a competitive athlete, like let's go baby. And so um, same thing, you know, actually competed at CrossFit regionals in 2016, And then kind of had like an epiphany of like, what am I doing with my life? Because still, you know, like coaching CrossFit, barely getting by, but also being like, okay, like I'm 25. I am having a midlife crisis. Like I would like (laughs) to just be able to like walk into Lululemon and like buy stuff and not like have to, you know, like freak out and able to do so. Or like, yo, I just want to be able to like actually afford groceries or like my rent rather than every single month being like, this is the the version of like the starving artist or or like, or the waitress who like wants to be an actor. It's the CrossFit coach. It's the CrossFit version of that. You're super freaking talented, super freaking talented. But you can't feed yourself and you can't wear the clothes you want. But you're amazing. Oh, dude, that was so about it, right? Like I just loved helping people so much that like in my brain, I was like, no, dude, like this is fine. Like, you know, and so long story short, um, in 20- like watching you is enough for me. Like you don't have to pay me. Like seeing you walk handstand walk is like honestly it feeds my soul. Yeah. <laughs> but also I'm really hungry. <laughs> So uh, 2017, um, so I tore my shoulder at CrossFit Regionals and ironically, like I was so broke that I also couldn't have like afford surgery, like (gasps) surgery is, well, again, think think about this, right? You know, so it's like, if you're barely scraping by and like paying your rent and like surviving, right? It's not like we're like living a bougie lifestyle. It's like, we are, we're, you know, barely scraping by. Well, shoulder surgery is not cheap, right? And so it was like, I remember I got quotes for it. It was like, well, uh, that's uh, not in the budget right now. So like, okay. And thankfully it was just like a partial tear. And I'd been having shoulder problems for a while. So it's like when it happened, like, it, you know, you talk about like things that happen. You're like, oh, yep, no, bye. For sure. Just tore my shoulder. Like, and so same thing, like kind of nursed it, tried to rehab for a while. And so same thing. I was like, okay. 
I love this competitive CrossFit thing. Like, I just want to do it one more time. Like, I just want to get back on the floor. Like, it'll be awesome. And so I like went all in. I literally like broke my lease in Dallas. I actually moved to a gym in Houston uh, that was full of people better than me. So literally full of people that um, they had taken first place at CrossFit South, you know, South Regionals the year before. And I was like, well, if there's any place that's happening, I'm like, this is it. Right. Uh, the girls there could also like snatch what I could clean and jerk. So like, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, and so long story short, a week after I moved, I was doing a clean complex with 175. I hit the bottom and like literally dropped the bar hit the floor and just like curled in a ball. And like, I had completely torn my shoulder at that point. So it was like, I stood up and just like, <gasps> um, so at that point, thankfully I was like making, <laughs> I had actually kind of stepped into nutrition coaching, you know, was actually making money. Um, so I was able to, you know, actually have surgery rather than how many people do you, do you hear though, where it's like, oh yeah, like I have a torn labrum, but like fuck surgery, like I'm not doing that. Right. So it's like, just kind of like modify around it and like pretend it's not there. Um, like I said, I, I didn't have a choice because it literally just like, completely yeah. isn't that basically <laughs> though, like how it is. I mean, I definitely would love for you to go into too, like, you know, during all this, you were like overtraining, overexercising, like. I mean, this is the thing, right? It's like until something breaks, yep. nobody's willing to like address the fact that, hey, maybe a rest day might be helpful oh or my hey, gosh. maybe I shouldn't be under eating nonstop. And even mm-hmm. Heidi just literally got into a place where she had no choice but to like correct her shoulders, yes. her yeah. balances. You just, when the but, shelf comes crashing down, you got to figure. Mean, the thing is our body is incredibly efficient and incredibly good at making things work, right? So like your body doesn't have a say in how you treat it. If we're talking about somebody that's, you know, chronically dieting and they're always chasing fat loss and always trying to shrink themselves. Well, cool. Like your body, again, doesn't have control over that. Your body gives you a lot of signals, right? Like it's, it's screaming at you like, Hey, can you pick up the phone and like maybe consider eating more? Same thing. You're like, how many people have we coached over the years where it'd be like, oh yeah, you know, like sometimes I binge or sometimes, you know, this happens and it's like, well, is it a true binge or is your body just trying to overcompensate Mm -hmm. for the fact that, you know, all week long, you ate a thousand calories, you've worked out, you know, five, six days a week. Here we are on the weekend and you work out again. And it's like your body at some point has to sound the alarm. So yeah, like maybe you find yourself in that space of like, holy shit, like I keep eating food and I, I cannot be satiated and yes. you know, all this stuff. And so again, you know, it's like, there's, there's a big, di- you know, a big difference between a clinical, like, Hey, I have a binge, you know, eating disorder versus, well, are we kind of self-inducing that situation because we're chronically restricting, chronically under eating, you know, putting ourselves further in deficit because we're doing all this exercise and getting all these neat and steps. And then, well, yeah, like, again, like your body's very smart and when it's not working, it has to try yeah, to like, are you trying problems. to get out of, is your body trying to get you out of the red or are you, are you <laughs> yeah. actually truly diagnosed with binge eating? I think people totally. love to like throw these words around like, oh, I binge eat all the time. Like, no, actually you're just eating. <laughs> yeah. I'm so impressed. You know, which one is the good one? I'm always like, is it, do we want to be in the red or the black? Whatever oh. is the good one is, that's what we want to be in. <laughs> so I had a client, um, that he still like probably one of my favorite clients over the years. Um, but he was this badass dad and he was following one of the competitive programs. So, you know, whether that was Invictus, Misfits, you know, whatever, he is like doing the most in the gym, you know, working out a lot, uh, loved competing at, you know, these CrossFit throwdowns and competitions and whatever. And so he hires me and he was eating 2,200 calories 
as a like six, two, six, three male that weighed, you know, 200 pounds. And, and like I said, like looked great, like back, you know, like, like he looks like when you think of like CrossFit games athlete, you probably think of like somebody that's just super, like he looked great, but then mutually it was like, yeah, like wake up, you know, multiple oh, times man. a night. Um, but his big nutrition thing was that he like, cause he was so like regimented and he was so like on it. Right. And so it was like, Monday through Friday, like he's on the bus, he was doing the thing, you know, whatever. And then every single Saturday, it would be like, like I fell face first into pizza and donuts and like all the stuff. And so hires me and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm eating more food than you as a five, three female (laughs) who bodybuilds weird. Uh, You know, so it's like slowly get him to start eating more food. And I think we actually like his maintenance calories ended up being like 3,800 a day. Like it was, it was a lot. Right. But so imagine going from 2,200 calories and like, we know that everything gets better with more food, right? Like everything in life gets better with more food. And so, you know, like, yeah, it took a while to get there, but a, you know, he, (laughs) it just magically stopped happening. Right. It was like, Oh, suddenly on Saturdays, I'm not falling face first into all this stuff and then having the spiral on Sunday. And then I restrict, restrict, restrict. Um, So it's just so crazy, right? Because like I tell people, you know, with nutrition stuff, we're so deep in it, right? Like we're so just like in our headspace of like, oh, well, but I want to look this way or want to perform this way or want to get, you know, from A to B. But like, we don't understand that, like, if we told our circumstances to somebody else, like you wouldn't even need to have a nutrition background. I don't think (laughs) like if you, if you told that to somebody of like, yeah, so I'm working out six days a week for two, two and a half hours a day. Um, I'm also getting like 12,000 steps because I'm super active at my job. And you know, like the standard person would be like, yo, do less. And like, (laughs) that sounds like you're not eating enough for like what you're doing, right? Like that doesn't take a big, uh, you know, education background or coaching experience to get that. But like I said, you know, it's like we're, we live in this microcosm every day of like, well, we wake up, we look in the mirror, we see what we see. And we also just like, uh, you know, I have this conversation a lot. Like I personally don't have any interest in having kids, but I would be so terrified. And again, this is somebody that like, I've been doing this now for 15 years. I have a formal education in nutrition. I actually took multiple like pediatric and, you know, like kids nutrition uh, type classes. And the idea of having to teach nutrition to children is terrifying to me. The idea of having to navigate conversations about body image and fitness and nutrition and healthy lifestyle, because the thing with kids is that you don't even have to say something for your kid to pick up on it, right? If I use my mom as an example, I have never in my life seen my mom in a two-piece bikini. She always rocked, you know, the full like bodysuit, whatever you want to call it. Um, but same thing. It was like, she never really wore shorts and it didn't, it didn't even need to get said that like, she really was uncomfortable with her body. <laughs> what you're saying is exactly true. Right. Cause I mean, as we, between us, we have like 90 children and it's, it's absolutely true that you say it's more than what you say. It's 
you can say all the right things, but if you're not addressing those wounds within yourself and everything you just described, I mean, that cycle of under eating and then falling face first into the weekends or whatever, like all of the shame and the mental drama that you put on yourself, you're, you are, you are practicing and strengthening that just like you are when you go in and strengthen a muscle, right? Like you're, you're reinforcing this idea that you have no willpower, that you're a failure, that you can't be successful, that you, every, you know, the shoe is going to drop eventually. Um, if I, I mentioned this before on our podcast, but yeah, by far the most comforting parenting thing I ever heard was from the book of Freakonomics where they're basic, where they did a, they, um, there are two status statisticians that, um, were surveying whether or not reading parenting books makes you a better parent. And they found out that it actually doesn't matter if you, um, what parenting books you read, but if you're the type of parent that wants to read parenting books, that's what makes all the difference. Right. So it's like, if you're the kind of parent who's worried, like, I don't know if worried is the right word, um, who's curious or concerned about the, your child's body image and their thoughts about nutrition and things like that. You're willing, you're open to that conversation. That's what makes the difference, whether or not you get a hundred percent right all the time. This is the bedtime story that I tell myself every night. (laughs) Well, and so think about it, right? Like you were talking about like being stuck in kind of this cycle of shame and like just feeling frustrated. And yet you're also going to go on social media every day. And again, like back to like kind of conversation we were having off air and social media, just be like, oh, just be more disciplined. Like, oh, uh, wh- whatever you're doing, you know, it's just like, <laughs> no, right, exactly. Because I mean, not, not only are you, are we as parents communicating whatever message subconsciously that we're, that we believe there's also the world, right? Like I remember being like seven and hearing on the dating game, this is how old I am. It's fine. Um, you know, some guy was like, I only chase, I only date a woman that's got three diamonds. Like there should be a diamond between like your, your ankles and your like above your knees. And then like a thigh gap. I know. And some like mustached bro from the seventies made that kind of impact on my self-concept. It's crazy. I mean, we we wonder why every single woman in America reaches adulthood with a deficit in body confidence. Well, Well, so so again, though, back to social media, think about it. Um, I don't know uh, the Instagram handle is escaping me, but her favorite thing is like, she will get on the Facetune app and she will show the varying degrees of like whatever the editing is for your photos. So like if you're unfamiliar, uh, Facetune is an app you can pay for and then you can basically like kind of Photoshop your, you know, your pictures, your body, whatever. And so she will show like pictures of herself basically like, you know, fresh out of bed, like hair all disheveled, whatever. And then she'll like turn the face tune up and it like, it will literally like change your hair, change the shape of your face. Like it is insane. But so she'll post the before and afters as a reminder of like, y'all like just be mindful of what you're consuming on social media and also like who you're following. Right. So it's like, for sure. Like I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, do I use filters on my Instagram story? Yep. Every, like every day. Sorry. <laughs> but it doesn't like, that doesn't bother me any personally. Um, but it's like, there are certain filters that um, same thing. It was like, I had a friend that it was a trending TikTok, And so you use this filter and it like changed the shape of your nose. It changed the shape of like your entire face. And so same thing, like she posted a thing. It was like, Hey, like if you're going to use filters, like, can you just use the one that kind of, kind of like zoom? It's like, 
hey, do you want like a little touch up on your face? Just yeah. the one that gives you good lighting. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no I, to- I totally agree. As if it isn't enough for us as women to compare ourselves to each other or to supermodels or to prior versions of ourselves. Now we have to compare ourselves to like artificially enhanced photographs. And I have to agree with you a little bit on the filter thing. It's interesting because we've I've I've gotten feedback about this both ways. I think it's really in defense of us that are putting ourselves on Instagram every day, it's a little easy to judge someone for using a filter. Like we put a, uh, that rap in stories the other day, it was like a woman's empowerment rap. And somebody wrote back, her message is totally lost because she filtered it. And I was like, that's kind of interesting because I can see your point at the same time that it's a pretty high demand for authenticity that you're asking of, of somebody else when like, are you, I mean, I hate, this is so bratty to say, but like, are you doing that? Well, and you know, would and you also, go on a, right? on a, like, like, let's use y'all as an example. It's like, well, y'all are busy. You have kids. Like I don't have kids, but we have thousands of people that I tend to online in our program. And it's like, there's a lot of days that I don't have time to like do my hair, do my makeup, do whatever. And so again, it's not that we have to be like made up a certain way, but it's like, it kind of helps of like, oh yeah, like I, I'm hungover and I didn't sleep yesterday, but like I need to look semi-presentable. Like, can we, can we have a little assist, right? It's like, I, I know it's tough. Writer, I mean, there's not a right or wrong answer, but like the judgment about using it is very interesting to me because again, it's like, well, but is there a difference? Like, like again, if we're just using like a genuine filter that just like kind of touches you up a little, is there a difference between, hey, I took 10 minutes to do my makeup to look presentable for this thing versus like, oh, I just threw on a filter because I quickly needed to film a video. It's like, and I don't have a problem with it, but I do find it very interesting when people would be like, oh, well, you know, for somebody that's all about, you know, body positivity or, you know, about, you know, embracing yourself and loving yourself. It's like, that doesn't cross my mind, actually. (laughs) And maybe that looks different for everyone, right? It's like, I mean, maybe everybody gets to make their own choices, right? It's like, we're all going to go au natural, then that means, then what does that mean? No makeup, no highlights, no, And and so again, like, think about, it's like, that's kind of similar to, again, there's not right or wrong answers, but it's like, that would be like taking a picture and then you're just posting it versus, well, most people might like edit the photo a little, you know, improve the lighting, you know, click a auto, you know, something. So it's like, is there a big difference between using a filter on your Instagram versus like, hey, uh, I'm posting my Instagram feed aesthetics. So, you know, you put a <laughs> preset on it to make it look a certain way. It's like, to me, that transaction's kind of the same, but I don't, I, I don't know. It's, I, don't like, know. I think it's, it's like very, with any, it's very interesting. I like with anything, it's like with nutrition or Instagram or whatever. It's like knowing the attention or knowing like the context of it is everything. It's like, yeah. if you know why you're falling into pizza on the weekends, then there's a little bit of awareness piece, right? And it all comes down to an awareness piece, right? It's mm. like, you can use filters and like, I mean, yeah, we're all guilty of being like, oh man, it'd be nice to like, you know, kind of airbrush the sunspot out of my face so that when I look at myself and I can present the information, I'm not distracted by my own like flaws <laughs> or whatever. But at the same time, sure, like we like to have our eyebrows on. I like, I like having my eyebrows on. Like I like a little bit of foundation, a little powder, like, you know, shoot me if I want to take my God given face and like enhance it a little bit. Right. It's like, I'm 
you know, right. whatever. But at the same time, yeah, sure. If you want to show up, I mean, I show up without makeup in my gym, my gym stuff too, or whatever. So, well, but it's also with like food and nutrition. It's like, what is it? What is it all comes down to like, what is, what do you know about it? What are you doing yeah. it for? Like, are you, are you really truly, you know, focusing on your nutrition for what reasons? And like, are you, yes. or are you hazing yourself with it? And are you hazing well, yourself and, with your Instagram feed? And it's, also it's, like, mm-hmm. it, if it makes you feel good, who cares? Like, that's always my favorite. Like, I don't really get this feedback a ton anymore, but it's like, I'm the type of person. Uh, so when I did used to coach CrossFit, uh, it was super normal for like Dave Castro to roll through our gym at 6am or, you know, <laughs> people from CrossFit summer staff, HQ, whatever. And so I learned very quickly of like, always be ready. Right. So it's like years and years ago, I got into the habit of like, yo, if I'm leaving the house, I want to look very done up. I want to, you know, again, it's like, especially now having a big social media following, like sounds dumb to say, but it's like, let's imagine I go get coffee. I bump into somebody that follows me. They want to you know, grab a picture. It's like, well, cool. Like I want to be ready for that moment. Right. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's like I said, it's just interesting what people like deem as like, oh, well, you're, you're inauthentic because you use filters or like, oh, you're in. Oh, okay. Like, cool. Like if it helps me feel good so I can show up and do the things that I'm doing for y'all for free, like doesn't matter. Well, and like I'm all s- things, it just comes down to like, how does it make you feel is really what you got to address yeah. before anything else. It's like, I remember some client is like, you know, I just remember, you know, like, and, and this is totally valid. She's like, I just remember thinking like, you know, Jessica rabbit made me feel bad. And I'm like, Jessica rabbit is a cartoon. Like she was like she, there's nobody that looks like her on the planet. Right. Like her measurements, her, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. is that totally dating myself? Does anyone know? <laughs> yeah. who Jessica hey, I just talked about the dating game. Thank you so much. <laughs> do, do you know who Jessica Rabbit is? Yeah. Okay. I don't feel Please. validated. You, do you know who Jessica Rabbit yes. is? Okay. okay. I, I'm about to be 33. So. Okay. Um, All right. Well, okay. We're, we're, oh, we're still youngin, but I, it's like, I was thinking about like, I'm like, okay, so Jessica Rabbit makes you feel bad. Like I her wasn't her waist like oh, non-existent. Yeah. Like it wasn't even worse like, than a Barbie. It wasn't even Barbie. Right. It was yeah. like, I mean. So it's like, it's interesting how it's like, like whatever you decide to make you feel bad, that's what you need to you go and ask yourself. Like, why well, is this making me feel bad? Why does yes. LCK using like a filter where she looks tan make me feel bad? It's like, do I feel bad that I'm pale? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like whatever, like whatever reasons you're giving for like people on social media, but it's also oh, like knowing that that's a possibility. Like, yeah, that picture could be fully filtered and altered. So when you take a picture, when you look at it and you're like, oh, this makes me feel bad. Like, okay, well, is that real? Is that really representative of that individual mm-hmm. or could it possibly be adjusted? And then that's, it's, that's more peaceful. I think well, than I, assuming that everyone is better than you or, you know, it's just yeah. like questionable. Well, and also it's like, just filter what you're consuming, right? Like that's, I think that's the most fascinating thing about having a big social media following is like, you genuinely will get harassed by people. And, you know, like it's very odd, A, because it's always from women. So it's never been from (laughs) men. Like it's always been literally from other women, but it's like getting DMs about like, oh my God, like, why would you have your eyebrows like that? Oh, like you look disgusting with the center part, you know, just like all of this nasty stuff. And so like, that's not about me. Like that's about, you know, self-projection, but same thing, you know, it's like, well, if you are really struggling with your body, it's probably not going to be super helpful for you every single day to get on Instagram, get on your phone and compare yourself to like, all these games athletes or, you know, like if you're a man, like the, the bodybuilding, <laughs> like that side of world of like Gymshark, Alpha Lee, you know, that entire sector, same thing. It's very weird because I, the gym I actually go to now, um, it's definitely the hub for this. And so I've been uh, at this gym for two months and there was one day, that, like I literally went up to one of like the, you know, one of the people working uh, that I see all the time. And I was like, genuine question like 
how many females in here are always like camera up the booty like because you just see that where it's like everywhere you turn around it feels like you got on like instagram explore page of like women you know like turn in the ass in the camera like just like really stressful angles right um and just being like stressful angles i feel like i don't think (laughs) what are we doing here right it's like the epitome of instagram are all the stressful angles seriously you know same thing you know it's like you you look at the girls and like i already know what that looks like on camera i know what that's looking like in the pictures and videos and it's not actually how they look in real life or the same thing it's like well yeah they're gonna look like they have a huge ass or same thing it's uh it's actually comical to me the number of people because you can pick it out in an instant because again I've been doing this 15 plus years so I can tell the difference between hey genetics or hey uh clearly you do a lot of hip thrusts and like heavy lifting whatever versus like Oh, okay. Like we, we are very lean, very slender. And then we have this big old ass that could have its area code, you know, by itself. Right. So it's just fascinating to me. Like I said, you know, it's like, we are in an era where it is so fashionable and so common of just like everything is bigger and better. So like, it's like, even back in the nineties, I remember like nobody had just like fake boobs. It was like boobs up to the chin, right? Like they're massive. And then I feel like we kind of slid into, you know, a sweet spot where it was like, Oh, well now we're going to compensate. We're, we're going to go very naturally. And we don't want people to know we have enhancements or we don't want people to know, you know, we have Botox or injections and fillers and whatever. And then it's like, man, the past couple of years, it's like escalated again, where it's like, how much filler can I pump into my lips? How much filler can I pump into my cheekbones? How big, you know, can my butt be, you know, all this stuff. And again, it's like, cool. Like, again, do, do what makes you happy. But I just, again... I can't imagine trying to raise a teenage girl in in the world that we live in right now of, okay, everything is probably like Photoshopped and, you know, super edited online. And also with social media too, it's like, you might be seeing old pictures. You might be seeing old videos from, you know, six months ago, 12 months ago, like, you know, congrats. I do that too. Right? It's like, we're recycling content. So it's like, for sure, it might get hard to get a real concept of like, oh, what does this person actually look like when, you know, you're always spamming different content? So like, how do you navigate with your daughter of like, hey, so everything you're seeing on social media might be fake news. It's probably highlight reels. Hey, by the way, uh, I know you're going to gym, but like (laughs) that person's got a fake butt, you know, this person. Um, It's just very fascinating because again, it's like, how do you be content with just, you know, what God gave you or how you came out of the womb? I mean, and you have these unrealistic things to, you know, to, I remember the nineties when it was like, you know, there would be this big debate about like, oh, well, women shouldn't wear makeup. And like, you're uh, super vain if you wear makeup and like, you're super vain if you want to take care of yourself. And then, you know, obviously it's like, Hey, we're allowed to like feel done up and like awesome. Right. So it's just interesting that like now present day, again, it's like, you can't achieve a lot of the things that people are doing without a lot of money and a lot of regular upkeep and a lot of things. Um, so how do you raise a daughter to be like, Hey, love yourself, even though, you know, (laughs) well, I think, I think, I think you probably, it's not, I don't know how, I don't know if it's that different than what we do, right? Like, like teaching women to, um, accept themselves. And even I love this idea of like the stressful angles because really all these things that we're talking about are neutral, right? Filters or fitness or getting strong or getting lean or whatever. It's about like, 
what exactly what you were saying now, what are, why are you doing it? And can you, can how dependent are you on it? How attached are you to it? Like, can, can you, there's a, there's a subtle difference between I want this goal and I need this goal. Like I, I want this result. I'm excited about it. I'm willing to work for it, even though it's defeating sometimes, but like, I, I, I circle back to a self-supportive belief versus like, I need this. I'm unworthy without this. And, and all I do is notice how I'm not there yet and, and fuel it with shame and fear and, and all of that. I actually want to ask you because of the programming that you kind of create. And obviously like, you know, you do have like thousands of women who you've coached and and who are coming to you with your programming with the intention of getting strong, creating some aesthetics and things like that. Cause I know Paragon has like a strength component as well as like an aesthetic component. So like, I, you know, especially on Instagram, we see a lot, like, you know, we talked about it a little bit off air too, but like people who are like, just work hard. If you would just work hard, you could look like me or this body is available to you, but you're not working hard enough. And I, I would love for you to address genetics a little bit because I feel like that, well, while there are those of us who definitely bring that up and we want women to realize that you can work really, really hard, but you still have to work with your genetic potential. Like it doesn't matter how much I want to be 5'10" as well as you, LCK, like we can't be 5'10". Like, doesn't People matter. think I'm tall, by the way, which right. I find doesn't so doesn't matter funny. what, doesn't matter what I do. doesn't matter how long I hang upside down. doesn't matter whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Like there is, there is a component of genetic potential that I feel like people don't really understand. It's like all my kids have booties. They don't have to build one at all. Like good. Congratulations. You have one. And that, <laughs> that came from their father. Right. Like, but at the same time, it's like, they're like myself, I was born with like a super flat butt, right? So I would have to build one and have to create one. Now the limit, the outer, the, the limitations of how much booty I can build also is a, is a, is a part, right? Like mm-hmm. I might not, not ever be able to achieve like a Kim Kardashian type scenario or whatever. So it's like, could you talk a little bit towards genetics? Because I want women to feel encouraged by theirs versus discouraged because yes. it's so tricky. Cause especially like, and kind of what we were talking about with these different standards of beauty and bodies over the years, you know, we had like the waif movement, we had mm-hmm. the curvy heroin movement, chic. heroin chic, you know, androgynous. And then all of a sudden like big boobs and butts came in. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, like someone on TikTok, uh, that it was like, you know, in 2000, it was like inverted butts. Like you didn't want anyone at all. Like, <laughs> and if you had one, you had to try to figure a way to get rid of it or hide it. Right. Or like, and I would love for you to speak to like, Hey, like this, you know, yes, you, your physique is available to you and like, you will create the best version of yourself, but there is a possibility that you might not really ever get abs. Like, Mm. and like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So like, there's so many things to unpack here. Right. And I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to education because again, understanding of the big one that's like coming to mind again, I'm so removed from the CrossFit space, but it was like, people having this very particular, Hey, I want to look just like this. And like, I want to be super lean, but I want these abs, but I want to be able to, you know, win all these workouts and all this stuff. And so again, like the education of like, okay, well, like hear you, like, I don't know for sure, but do keep in mind that like, if you're a competitive athlete, you may or may not be clean. We might also have, you know, some drug assistance and, you know, stuff in the mix. So, Hey, like, I hear you that you want to look this way. But also, again, like, please understand that, like, you having hashtag body goals about somebody literally means nothing because, again, every single person could follow the same exact workout, eat the same exact foods, 
And we're still all going to look completely different. And so don't let that be self-defeating, right? You know, but it's like being realistic. And I feel like as coaches, that's so much of what we're doing is helping people adjust their expectations and helping people understand, you know, like we just had something come through our group where it was like she had lost a hundred pounds and like, you know, any person would be like, oh, great. And like losing your mind. And then it's interesting to hear the self-talk and kind of the dialogue that comes with that person because it'll be like, yeah, but like, I still need to lose so much more weight and I still look terrible and like unhappy. And you're just like all this stuff. Right. And so again, you're like, but oh my God, like you should, you should be so proud and like did such an awesome thing. And, and like I said, you know, the, the person in that driving wheel being like, well, hey, but this still isn't enough and I still need more and I still, you know, need this thing, right? And so again, it's like, well, the education of like, hey, let's pause, <laughs> like let's pause, you know, press pause on everything and let's actually, you know, be grateful for this amazing, incredible thing that our body did and let's be proud of all this hard work and dedication that we put in. But then again, you know, the education of, great, well, you did this. So now these are kind of the next steps and here's how we need to take care of our body so we can just keep exactly where we're at, right? Like, yes, I hear you that you want to do a thing, but like, please get in bed with the idea that like the journey never stops mm. ever, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you don't suddenly wake up one day shredded and with abs and you're like, fuck yeah, I made it. Like, I love myself. Like for most- And I'm done now. Yeah, and it's like, I'm, I'm thank done goodness, because this whole thing has sucked so much. I've been waiting <laughs> for this moment. Now I can be done. Like, that's not- it, it never happens. And so I forget what podcast this is. I actually forget uh, the name of the bodybuilder, but it was so life-changing. And it was a podcast episode that I listened to way back in 2015, 2016. But he was talking about like, he was this famous bodybuilder that, you know, would go to, uh, again, I'm not super woke on like what's out there, but we'll say like Mr. Olympia style stuff. Um, But he would go to these shows, he would rip down to, you know, two to 3% body fat. And he would talk about it'd be so fucked up because I'd still look in the mirror and be like, oh, like, I wish this was a little tighter. Oh, I wish this was a little bit bigger. And no matter what, he was not content with his body, even at that peak of, you know, fitness and peak of, you know, aesthetics that any other person, you know, would kill to look like. And to still be looking in the mirror and being like, oh, it's it's not enough, right? And so it's- Absolutely, because that's what you're strengthening. If that's your fuel, that is what you are strengthening. And, and, and it, so doesn't, it has nothing to do with leanness. Yeah. And, and you didn't get there healthy and you're not also able to stay there, right? So it's like, that's always like, I love listening uh, to my friends over at Mind Pump Media, good friends with all the boys. And like, I love that they do the Lord's work and like they help provide for people that want to do physique shows and want to, you know, be in a bikini and on stage and stuff like that. You know, it's like, I've always been the coach that from day one, it was like, Hey, if your only goal is like, Oh, I really want six pack. Like I'm not the coach for you. Cause I just don't give a fuck. And I also just don't want to starve you. Right. Like I go find a coach that's passionate about that. Like I prefer to coach people that it's like, I want you to find freedom in the way that you eat. And I want you to find freedom in the way that you exercise. And I want to help you find, you know, like this happy medium of like, well, how can I do the things I enjoy? How can I do the things I need to do to get, you know, from A to B and where I'm trying to go? And how do and I, I appreciate- enjoy you know, being yes. there? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like I said, you know, it's, it's just so fascinating because I, again, you are doing the Lord's work if you're doing physique shows and stuff like that. Cause I can tell you, like as somebody that came from a background of super disordered eating and like, you know, in college I was like 92, 93 pounds. Like I could never still even present day, like 
I really don't. Like I, I don't struggle with food anymore. I don't struggle with, you know, if you talk to me kind of like 2015 to 2017, especially it was like, well, I was training, you know, six to seven days a week, two, three, four hours a, you know, a day, maybe multiple sessions. I wasn't taking rest days. I didn't know what a deload week was. I just assumed, you know, more is better. And then, you know, mutually my nutrition, like I wish I could punch myself in the face, but like you just, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Right. That's right. Like, I don't know if y'all remember, but it was like specifically like 2016, 2017, if you were in the coaching space, same thing. You wanted to punch yourself in the face because you had all these CrossFit games athletes. I would be like, Oh yeah, I'm working with this nutrition company. Um, I eat 1600 or 1800 calories a day, but, um, I just compete at the CrossFit games and, uh, and you're just like, what? Like why? Like if you're, if it truly, if your intake is that, please just don't talk about it. Right. Like I I think about this all the time where it's like, Yo, if you're going to show your food on Instagram, do it. Like I, I love, I I love this narrative because there are people on Instagram that will be like, um, if you know, you shouldn't be showing people your full day of eating because their needs aren't your needs and blah, blah, blah. Bitch. I love posting my full day of eatings. I love posting, you know, my macros and stuff like that, because again, how many people don't understand what I didn't understand for years where it's like, okay, like I've, I'm not even going to say I'm tiny. I have been dinky my whole life with a D dinky. I like, even if you look at gymnastics pictures from the nineties, everybody would be like this tall. And then I'd be like a foot taller. Like I've always just been this little tiny nugget, which disclaimer, both of my brothers are over six foot. So that's amazing. Right. But it's like, I've always just been this tiny little human. And so over the years, you know, the narrative I kind of came to, you know, get in bed with was, oh, well, like I'm really tiny. I'm only five, three. So like, I don't need a lot of food, you know, even though I'm super active, like whatever. Right. And so I think that's why, like over the years, me sharing my nutrition and my nutrition intake and how much food I'm eating has been eye-opening and life-changing for so many people. And you know, same thing. It's like, it's why, you know, like the mind pump media guys love having me on the podcast is it's like, yo, it's like, I'm five, three, probably weigh 117, 118 right now. Um, I need a minimum of 23, 2400 calories just to like do life and, and sustain the nutrition <laughs> and exercise, right? Like literally, like if 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 I have a day where I like just am stressed or busy and like I'm at, you know, it's like the end of the day, it's like, you know, 1800, 2000 calories, I am dying, right? Like I'm literally like on my deathbed. But how many people also, you know, it's like you open Instagram and it'll be like, uh, here's my favorite breakfast for uh, 200 calories. And I'm like, I eat like a thousand calories for breakfast. Like what, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's just fascinating. Again, social media is fascinating, but how many people as a result of me talking over the years of like, Hey, you know, you, again, everybody's totally different and like, we're all unique snowflakes. So maybe you can't eat, you know, 2,300 calories a day, even if you're taller or, you know, you're more active or whatever. But understand that maybe it's really important to not only, you know, kind of know what your maintenance is, but understand what is your upper limit of maintenance. If maintenance calories is how many calories you can eat in a day without seeing any changes to your muscle, your fat tissue, whatever. Well, cool. Maybe if I eat, you know, 2000 calories, my weight stays the same. But what if I could eat 2100 calories and things also stay the same? Or what if, you know, and so how many people, and and I think again, you know, we talk about like, well, why did my workout company blow up years and years ago? It's like, there's so many pieces to that, but one of them was education 
because again, education drives empowerment and education gives you that understanding of your body and fills that void of so many education systems. We graduate college and we still don't know the basics about like, well, hey, if my goal is to gain muscle or my goal is fat loss or, hey, uh, I really want to do this Olympic weightlifting meet and like hit PRs, you know, how do I maximize my strength and like do that, right? Like we don't get any education about nutrition (laughs) and the stuff that we do get is very, again, you know, just outdated. Uh, It can be very influenced, right? So like nutrition is one of those things where it's like, well, we have this thing that everybody needs to do every day called uh, eat the food. So, (laughs) Hey, if you have enough money, guess what? We can influence the narratives around how people eat. Right. And so, you know, we saw that we saw that, you know, anyone growing up in the nineties, it was like the got milk ads and everything was like, (laughs) yo, you're not drinking enough dairy. You need to drink more milk. Do it, do it, do it. Chug, chug, chug. Right. Um, We also saw, you know, like Oh, well, actually, uh, it was Time Magazine was specifically the one they published a magazine. And so the picture was two fried eggs and then a piece of bacon that made like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sad face. And so how many people are in like the, hey, I'm like 40 to 70 age range. And I'm terrified of eating fat because fat is bad and um, fat makes you fat. <laughs> and, you know, we, we had that gross era because, you know, again, I'm, I'm 30, I'll be 33 this fall. Um, but it's like, I remember we would buy like the low fat, no fat, zero yeah. fat, you know, like, and what it would all be like, I, I took food classes on this, right? So it's like, well, if we take something out, we have to put something back in. So with all those products, it'd be like, well, yeah, so you're, uh, you'll play Greek yogurt or whatever it is. Yeah, like it doesn't have uh, any fat in 0%, but then it would be like sugar, 40 grams. Right, <laughs> yes. They got to put something back in. Um, but so same thing, you know, it's like, uh, oh, hey, guys, by the way, it turns out, uh, you know, healthy fats like your avocados and salmon and avocado, like those are really great for like hormone health and you know, your menstrual cycle and all this stuff. Right. So it's yes. like same thing I talk about always is it's like, um, you know, especially when companies that did like templated nutrition, you know, how many clients w- were we all getting where it'd be like, yeah, so I'm eating 30 grams of fat per day. Um, and the same thing, like you're looking at food logs and it's like, egg whites and just like all, all this. Like, well, my favorite was that it was always like 186 grams of protein and 30 grams of fat. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So you're basically existing on like chicken breasts and maybe white. white fish and yeah. then asparagus. Congratulations. <laughs> like sure. Anyone will, anyone will lose weight if you only eat asparagus fish, and chicken breasts. Oh gosh. You know, oh, same, same thing. Thing. It's like, those were the same people that Mutra are also like yeah, like, uh, haven't seen a menstrual cycle in like two years, uh, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, it, again, we talk about the coaching space is just so wild because it's like, we're looking at this scenario and you're just like, why though? And so in that case, you know, you're like, Hey, so like, can we like dial, you know, your fat goals up and, you know, maybe we bring them up to like 60, 70 grams over the course of whatever. And then it's like, you know, a couple of weeks go by and like, 
oh, menstrual cycle. Oh, my thyroid stops me. That is one thing I super love about your page is that you're always like, hey, fat grams, get them up. Yeah. Take whatever you're eating right now and double them. Like, it's like, it's like Lori Christine King is like the fat gram queen. Like, hey, 60 grams, 60 grams. Like, I love it. Like, I I can't even tell you how much, like, I would just, it just would kill me when I, we would get some girls who are like 25 grams of fat, 30 grams of fat. And I'm just like, what are you hoping to achieve with your life this way? Like you, you're doing this for your body, air quote, but arguably you're actually doing worse by it if you're only giving yourself 30 grams. Well, and it's just wild, Like people think like, then that's what you said about the education piece. It's like, fat does not make you fat. Right. Like people think, oh, if I, I mean, that, and that comes from like, yeah, the low fat era, low fat cottage cheese, fat free, fat free, fat free. But it's like fat grams don't actually make you guys fat. Well, and also, <laughs> right. It's calories, like, that is what, yeah. I, I, I actually love that again. Like I'm talking so much about CrossFit when I'm so far removed from that space, but it's just like, there's so many things now that like, you know, when like the red flag emoji memes, we're just like running rampant on Instagram, yes. you know, maybe it was that six months ago, but it's like, yeah. I feel like so much of the information that we got in that space was just like red flag central because same thing. It's like, well, here I was in college and and again, you know, love this CrossFit thing, you know, doing these high intensity classes, working out, you know, all these hours. And here it's like, hey, y'all, uh, we should do paleo. And so we're going to eat, you know, like moderate protein. Um, we're not really going to eat carbs. We're going to eat tons of fat, right? So almost like the extreme yeah. of like, you know, paleo is oh, like, nothing. okay, yeah. you know, moderate protein, super high fat. And then, you know, semi to maybe well, moderate even Like with like your context, your CrossFit context comparison, it's like, it's anything that's like this level of high intensity, right? So you have women who cardio six, seven days a week, and then they try to like strength train at the same time. Like, why am I not building any muscle? Or why am I not seeing any results? It's like anytime that you're running yourself to the ground in the in the effort to make yourself feel better it's like never gonna work right and it's just oh, like no. normalized like, stress piece and then you're also not eating because it's it's like eating actually gets you all the things mm-hmm. eating less doesn't get you all the things well right? totally and even it's like it's so interesting how the mind-body connection works right because you can mentally get yourself into a super physically depleted place and then that physically depleted place informs your mental state which only makes it even more i mean really as a a cycle that feeds on itself. So LCK as the, as the queen of feed yourself more, like let's talk a little bit about like real quickly, like what, what are aesthetic timeline expectations? Like, let's be real. Like a girl starts Paragon. She wants, you know, to get air quote, lean and toned, but she doesn't want to get bulky. We just have to throw (laughs) that out there because you know, those are still the things we're dealing with. Right. Like what does it really truly look like to like create aesthetic changes or like what kind of discipline are we talking about? Are we are you encouraging, you know, only four days a week of lifting or five days a week and rest days and deloads? Like give us like the lowdown of like, if a woman comes to you and is like, okay, well, I really want this. What, what would you say? So I think the biggest thing to understand is again, like we have to get in bed with the idea that like doesn't happen overnight. And so it's like, even, um, or even like, two months or yeah. even <laughs> <laughs> For anybody that's like new to me. Like I'm a very direct person. I think sometimes like just because it's social media, like sometimes people interpret that differently where it's like, no, I'm just very, strange. Sure, so, like, you got 15 oh, seconds. Just yeah, be direct. Directed. <laughs> but, you know, it's like for me, for example, you know, like the number of people that will join our workout programs. It's like, Oh, I just want to look like LCK. It's like, well, y'all, like, again, I was a competitive athlete my whole life. And then, you know, here I actually ran marathons in college. So it was like the cardio bunny. Um, and then, you know, got into CrossFit. And then now, you know, here we are bodybuilding and lifting. And so it's so funny to kind of look back because even when we launched Paragon, 
I actually didn't look as fit as I look present day. Like this is like the most fit and you know, like I'm going to say air quotes, like the best I've looked, but it's like truly like I look really strong. I look really athletic, but I'm also able to mutually be lean because here, you know, like I've done it for so stinking long. Right. So it was like, I found strength training in 2012. So I mean, it literally, you know, a decade under my belt, but same thing, you know, nutrition wise, well, I was tracking my macros in college and I graduated, you know, again, I, I went to school in 2008. Um, so it's like, I've been doing that for so long. So it's like, we can't compare somebody like even uh, my best friend, Alex Macklin, very, you know, very similar story where it's like, you know, he was, you know, strength training, Olympic weightlifting, but we both also competed at, you know, this high level. So like, I think about this too, where it's like, well, how much time and how many years could we really add to that timeline because I was working out so many days, so many hours, you know, yeah, in that, yeah. right? So it's like, well, somebody that was just training four days a week here, I was doing seven, you know, six, five, six, seven days a week, multiple sessions, you know, all that stuff for years. So is my training age really more like, you know, 12, 13, 14 years or something, probably. Um, but again, you know, it's like, that's how quickly we get from A to B depends on also how aligned with our goals are we, right? So it's like, what I talk about all the time is it's like, well, if I'm going to run a marathon, well, the, the best way to like have the fastest time at that marathon would probably be to follow a running program, right? Like download that Nike app, how Higdon, whatever, and follow, you know, a, a training program. Could I go to Orange Theory or could I ride my Peloton and probably, you know, like get from A to B? Yeah, we like we could do that. But that's two totally different outcomes, right? So where are we falling on that spectrum of, you know, getting from A to B? What does that look like? Because again, you know, it's like, well, maybe you have the fitness component really dialed in and you're like, yo, but I'm smashing these workouts, you know, I'm doing the most. But then reversely in, you know, your lifestyle, it's like you're going out a couple of times a week and partying and drinking, um, you know, you're having fast food, you know, maybe you track your macros like three days a week. And then the other four days you're like air macroing, um, you know, again, it's like <laughs> how many, how in alignment are we truly? I was actually just listening to a podcast, uh, with mind pump media. That's like, actually, you know, I know that people talk about having morning routines and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I like meditate and like gratitude journal. It's like, I don't have a morning routine. <laughs> like I literally like wake up, get out of bed, but we'll always listen to mind pump media podcasts. And so they were talking about, you know, this girl was like, Hey, like I'm literally doing all the right things, but at face value, she was having 10 to 12 drinks every single weekend and wondering why she wasn't, you know, looking the way she wanted to look. And so it's fascinating because again, like the second she says that in my head, I'm doing the math where I'm like, okay, like, let's say you're having 150 calories per drink. Like, let's, you know, because again, she was talking about like, oh yeah, I'm eating out. So I doubt she's just straight up like chugging, you know, liquor. <laughs> so let's say we have 12 drinks at 150 calories a pop. And so that's your averages. Every single weekend you're doing that. Uh, okay, 150 calories times, you know, <laughs> how many calories. And it, it, whatever the math came out to, it was like, she was literally drinking 1800 calories every single week. In addition to like what she's doing. Well, well, no shit. Like no wonder we can't see any change. Like it's great that you have your nutrition dialed in, your fitness dialed in, but like we have this thing that like we're doing that just like, right. Um, so it's just so hard because again, everybody's going to be at a different starting place. You know, are we a super lean individual? Or are we somebody that has a lot of you know body fat to lose, but also it's, there's just so many factors, right? So it's like, well, what did your entire dieting history look like? Have you spent your entire life 
restricting yourself and eating less than, you know, 1800, 2000 calories. Have you, you know, it's like, Oh, what diets have you tried? Uh, all of them. Right. Well, great. You're going to have a totally different experience than somebody that, you know, maybe they've truly never dieted or they've never really like kind of struggled with their nutrition fitness. Right. So it's hard to kind of answer that question in terms of like, well, how fast are you going to see results? It's like, well, again, kind of like we talked about, it's like, how have you decided like you're there? Because again, you know, it's like, I had a 300 pound, you know, deadlift and I'm like, great, I want 305. And then you know, we're back on the bus. Well, well, totally. And it's like, you'll never be mentally, you'll never be more there than you are right now. So it's like practicing, practicing acceptance and gratitude every single step of the way as you, I mean, it's so funny. We use the word balance all the time, but do people actually really realize what we mean by balance. Like I went a little too extreme there. Oh, I wasn't really paying attention there, but we don't have to do the whole shame thing. It's just curiosity, right? When you allow your goals to feel good to you, you're not in such a shamey place, then you can course correct without nearly the mental drama, right? I, that's one of my favorite things about macros is like, it's their, some people's first step into like self-awareness at all, right? It's like you've been, you're talking about how like you're, you've been doing this for 12 to 13 years. It's like, even if it was like, let's just say I went back in time and like patterned my life around like you and like ate the exact same things and did the exact same workouts for the last 12 years, we would still look different. Mm -hmm. And like, that's like the irony about like when people, you know, we talked a lot about social media and like the, the, way it can bring people down or how people haze themselves with it. It's like, you are not that person. Like LCK's twin, like, let's just say she had a twin could do exactly the same thing and still not even be it. And it's just like kind of what you're talking about with the girl on mind pump about the calories, but it's like, we all know, like both three of us know as nutrition coaches, it wasn't even just the calories. Are you, because alcohol impacts your recovery, right? So is your recovery crap? Like it actually might even arguably be your lack of recovery more than is the alcohol, right? Totally. I mean, it's if it's shutting down your metabolism. Is exactly. And so it's funny because people are like, like, yeah, people are, hearing, hearing, people are hearing that and they're like, oh, so I can have the body I want if I just stop drinking. It's like, Yes, but no, <laughs> like right. there's still so many other things involved with it. Just being like the calories or just the alcohol or mm -hmm. just the workouts or and just the stuff. Totally. And are you managing your stress well enough that like you can do without the buffer of alcohol in the first place or on and on? Like back to that education piece. It's like what we're such a big advocate is like, again, being realistic about your expectations and your timelines, but then also understanding like where do you, you know, again, where do we want to fall on the spectrum? But ultimately we have to get people on board with, Hey, here's my nutrition inputs. Here's my lifestyle inputs. So, you know, think like your sleep, your alcohol, how many steps are you getting in a day? You know, all that stuff. Um, and then also your exercise stuff. And it's like putting quality inputs. And then we have to get in bed with loving whatever it is we get as a result of the inputs. Right. And so that was actually the direction they went on the podcast was, you know, they talked about all of it, but they were just talking about like, yo, like you're wanting to change this thing, but do you really want to change it? Cause it actually sounds like you have good harmony with your life. You know, like you're training hard, you're really, you know, great with your nutrition, but you really love the social thing. So it's like, well, do you really want, you know, and, and that's a big thing. And I think, um, again, like my best friend, Alex Macklin, he talks about this all the time where it's just like, y'all, like we have to get on board with what are you actually willing to give up? Because again, you know, it's like, for me personally, it's like, I track my macros pretty much every single day of my life. Like if I don't, it's because, you know, maybe we went out to dinner or just, you know, didn't feel like it or whatever. And for me, you know, it's like there are people would be like, oh, that's that's really disordered. Like she's she's got a terrible relationship. It's like, 
yo, I'm just really fucking active. Like right now I'm literally running a half marathon in two weeks from now. I'm running the OC half. Uh, I'm strength training, you know, three days a week. We also often like hop in a community class on Saturday. So it's like right now, like my, I'm doing the most. We are maximalist. We are smashing food because again, I decided oh, like I live in California. It's fucking beautiful. And I can run up the beach. Why wouldn't I sign up for this thing? Well, like that'd to- be fun, right? Totally. And even that phrase, like, what are you, what are you willing to give up? That's one of those phrases that can go, can go either way, right? Like that can be super motivating or you can, you can, approach that in a very toxic way too. Like the idea that like, Oh, giving up things is, is more noble than not giving up things. Well, it's like everything costs something. So what is it right? Like to your, to, I think it's also okay for there to be times and seasons, right? Like it is, I can't wait to not run after exactly. Right. Or like, we're so excited. Totally. We're so excited for school to get out. So there's not like the mad, like you have 51 minutes in the gym and then you got to be out, you know, it's everybody. So I love the way you've explained your story because you are, you are such a pinnacle of fitness to so many women, but you're so, but you're also honest about the the cost, the input where, and then the, your passion for it and how it builds you as a person, instead of it being like, you're trying to outrun some sort of, you know, inner inner wound, right? But this is actually something that you enjoy the process. So it's not like you're like waking up every morning wondering how can you motivate yourself? You're like, this is, you've developed a very positive relationship with fitness and nutrition. It's not, it's not a, sorry, day after Easter. I don't know. It's not like a cross you bear, right? Whereas, um, you know, other people with like mothers, for example, who don't have, who don't have the same time or, or, working full-time at a corporate job or whatever. It's like, you have to take those kinds of things into context and not always be explaining, you know, always be comparing yourself to somebody who has vastly different lifestyle circumstances and a history, right? You've been, you've been building since you were a teenager, right? That's, that's vastly different than somebody like me who started at 30, Seven. And even giving yourself like allowance to like realize like what your life circumstances are is really empowering to your goals. It's like right now, like, I mean, even just you making the move from like Texas to California, now you're gifted with 365 days that you can go out. Yeah. We're in Texas Texas, and also even just the variety, like you can, you can skateboard, you can surf, you can run, you can like, we have like 365 days, you can do whatever LCK can do whatever the heck she wants. Right. So that kind of lifestyle, even in the place you live, like some people have these horrible, terrible winters and they're like beating themselves up because they can't get their steps. I'm like, (laughs) it's like below zero where you live. Like don't compare yourself to somebody who lives on the West coast where we literally have so many opportunities for movement available to us that it's almost like we have no reason to not get out and not even in like a negative way, but just like I, like I have it you know, right. Like let's drop the P word. Like I, I forcefully, because same thing, it was like, that's the, the issue I was running into is it's like, I had to really assess. And I was like, yo, like I love wake surfing. I love that. You know, like the summer sea and all this stuff. It's, it's awesome. Like it's patio season, but like winters in Texas make me want to jump off a bridge. And so I, <laughs> you know, same thing. It was like, I got really serious and it was like, okay, like I actually have the financial situation that I can finally move to the state I've always wanted to live in. But like, why did I want to move here? And why was it a goal for, you know, four, four and a half years of my life was it's like, 
yo, I can actually do all my hobbies there. Like I can surf, I can skateboard, I can, you know, it's like, again, as- And it's a privilege to be able to do so, right? Like you're able to do it, right? And I think that's what people, like this whole thing comes down to, like whether it's Instagram you're comparing yourself to or the person that owns Paragon or whatever it is, it's like, what is your, what are the, what's the context of your life when you're trying to achieve these incredible goals? Do you have, like the three of us don't even have the same life, the three of us. And we all live in California, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not even like, oh, we're all women. So we should be able to have all the same things. It's like, says who? Right. And it's like, we all have advantages. We all have disadvantages. We all have things that work in our favor and things that don't. And the, the truth comes down to the fact that like the fine print that you're not seeing in your life is what you need to be addressing. It's like, sometimes we just don't have the starting point or the ending point or whatever. But the cool thing is that there's something available for everyone. And like, yes, like whatever you're using to like motivate you or demotivate you, it's like, really, it comes down to like, you should just be able to motivate yourself in the, in the context of your life. And it should feel really good. Right? Exactly. Yes. Well, and kind of like back to your initial question, you, know, you were talking about like, how, you know, like what does the perfect exercise routine look like? And what is this, per, you know, perfect life? It's like something we're so big at and something that we've really doubled down with, with Paragon training methods. And it's something that I'm so proud about is, you know, we started with one program and then we literally created new programs based off of people's needs. Right. So again, it's like, you talk about like Brian and I are these two meatheads that again, you know, it's like Paragon works because I love being active and I love working out. And I still am that gym rat that I was in 2012, where it's like, even when I wasn't coaching CrossFit, I would literally like be sitting at the gym, you know, just hanging and doing the thing. Like I love the gym and this year's relationship with it. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, here we create this really awesome program. And then we were getting feedback from people. It was like, yo, so like, I really love this workout program, but like, I'm a bad bitch. I've got kids. I run this business, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't have 60 minutes or I don't have, you know, 90 minutes to be in the gym. SOS help. Right. Well, yeah. So our second program was actually a 30 minute program that just had dumbbells because it fit the need for so many people where it was like, great, well, you're a new parent, you're traveling, you're on the road, holidays, whatever. Um, And so same thing, you know, if we fast forward to present day, we literally have eight programs and we literally have a program. If you're like, yo, I'm in a serious relationship with your Peloton. Great. I love that. You will never catch me on a Peloton bike, but I love that you love Peloton. Here's a really awesome strength and condition. Yes. You can combine with your bike, right? So like we solve people's problems of whatever it is you love doing, how can we help you optimize it, right? Oh my how gosh. that better? You couldn't have said that better. And this is, this is, I feel like full circle, um, you it's great to to motivate yourself with challenge, right? Like do the hard thing, push through the pain, like sweat is fat and leaving your body or whatever. There's a million of those motivational phrases, right? But bringing back into balance, like what do you love? How can you make this more fun? How can you make things simpler for yourself? Right. And that is the balance. Easy. I feel like y'all would love my friend Shantae. Her Instagram handle is the movement maestro. And her phrase has changed my life as a person, you know, just as a person, it's changed my business life. But like her phrase is let it be easy, right? Like people think you have to suffer and you have to white knuckle. And it's like, Yo, like the people that are really successful have figured out how do we make the best choice, the easiest choice, right? So again, like back to our Paragon people, how many people we have where it's like, they come from that space of like, yo, I used to do CrossFit. I used to do 11 billion things season right now where it's like work is kicking my butt. You know, my kids are in all these sports. I'm struggling to work out. And it's like, 
well, hey, why don't you just give yourself permission to do less? Like, again, there are seasons of different yes. goals. Every, you know, it's like, again, everything is an ebb and flow. So it's like with my personal nutrition, fitness and stuff, it's like I made a post recently talking about like, hey, this is really awesome because I'm in this place that I knew that I would get because I was coming from, hey, my nutrition was super dialed in. I'm only bodybuilding and lifting. So I'm only focusing on aesthetics and maximizing literally how I look. So I knew that when I switched from doing less bodybuilding and lifting, which is, you know, again, if you want to look good, get in bed with doing hypertrophy, get in bed with following progressive overload and you know, lifting, bodybuilding, strength training. Nobody crossfits, nobody does spin, orange theory, Peloton, whatever, to show up on Mr. Olympia stage. Guess what? They're lifting, <laughs> right? So it's like, here I was and I was like, ooh, I'm in California. I really want to run. I kind of miss just like getting outside and like doing the thing. So I knew that my body composition was going to change when I switched to, hey, I'm lifting, you know, three days now instead of four to five. And hey, I'm also running and I'm not just running. It's not like, hey, I'm going doing sprint workouts, which again, you know, it's like you talk about quick explosive movement. Well, yeah, it, you know, if I was doing sprint work on my two running days, I'd have a different body composition than hey, I'm chugging along. Like last night we ran seven miles, right? So it was like, you know, I, I don't know how long it took us, but let's say, you know, 90 minutes of chugging along. My body's just breaking my shit down, right? And so, you know, I, I made a post just talking about like, whoo, we're here right now. And again, you know, most people are still looking at me being like, uh, you still look great. I wish I looked like you. But again, you know, coming from, hey, I know what my body looks like when I'm, you're perfectly aligned on, hey, I just want to maximize how I look to, Hey, I'm actually shifting to more of a performance goal, you know, through May 1st. And then, like I said, like come May 1st, I'm going back to bodybuilding and lifting. Um, my boyfriend and I actually love getting outside and like going to Laguna, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, I still want to keep doing like a two to three mile run each week, but like <laughs> uh, not what we're doing now, which is like, I've hit the point of like race training where you're like, Ooh, man, I can't wait to be done with this. Right. And just yeah. like put on your big girl pants and go, but like just talking about, it's like, guys, again, when I chose a performance goal, I also got in bed with the fact that I don't get to think about what I look like right now. I'm uh, training yes. so many days yeah. a week. I have to feed myself. I have to fuel myself. If the scale goes up, if my clothing sizes go up, like, again, it's not like I'm like, eat, you know, purposely eating right, but like times and seasons, times right. and seasons. What is sure. that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Oprah says, yeah, <laughs> I get back from a run and I'm starving. I have to eat until I'm not starving. Right. And so talking about like, hey, I can't wait in a few weeks until I can dial back in this goal. But for right now, my body composition has to give because I've been in that place before where I didn't. Right. Like I, yeah. I spent years of my life always wanting a six pack and to be leaner and better abs, but now I'm working out all this time and I, you know, not eating overtraining all this stuff. And well, where did that leave me? 2017, 18, 2019, 2020 was my thyroid levels were garbage and could not be resurrected from the dead. No matter how much thyroid <laughs> med I took, you know, same thing. It was like, I was dealing with so much gut health stuff and, you know, had SIBO, had all this testing that was just a shit show. Same yeah. thing, you know, actual sex hormone levels. It was like, great, you have zero testosterone, you have zero estrogen, zero uh, progesterone. Like, you're, we're just, everything is, fine. you know, like I was the dog in the house meme where like the house is on fire. Yep, this is fine. Like that <laughs> was literally <laughs> me because from 2012 to, you know, leading up to that point, I was chronically under eating. And, and it, you know, again, it's like, I look back and I'm like, 
I was eating like 1600 calories. It, you know, it varied over the years as my education grew. Right. But it's like, I remember training six or seven days a week on 1600 calories and like doing the most and doing all the things. Right. You know, then when I was competitively crossfitting, at least like I finally hired a coach at some point. And it was, yeah. it was actually uh, Mike Malloy from M2 uh, nutrition, which he's amazing. His team's amazing. Um, the same thing. It's like, here I was a super woke nutrition coach that I know <laughs> I need to feed myself, but I'm not doing it. Right. Right. So well, nobody's a hundred percent self-aware. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, some of these experiences, like we talked about in the beginning, I mean, sometimes the breakdown is what leads to the breakthrough yeah. and you know, Oprah, what did she say that one time? We both love it's the, you can have everything, you, just not all at once. Yeah. You can have everything you want, just not all at one time. So the right. And so like you talk about, it's like, because I got myself into that place of like, wow, everything is broken and nothing works. Well, the solution we created was literally Paragon, like in 2017. Yeah. Okay, like, so this yes. is like, okay, so perfect, now business perfect transition. So tell everyone where to find you because they got to go check out Paragon. Um, so you can find me on Instagram as Lori Christine King. And then you can also find us at uh, Paragon Training Methods. Like I said, Instagram is really where we live. Uh, with Paragon, we do have this big YouTube channel of like, hey, you're doing a hip thrust. You know, here's how that movement should look. Here's how I do it. Uh, but truly, it's like I'm still trying to just live on Instagram because like I said, it's like we we started slipping out and I was like, OK, I can't juggle all these eggs. Um, but you know, every single day to social media, you know, it's like how Instagram happened for me was you know, when I really got into one-on-one -on -one coaching and stuff like that, I realized I was having the same conversation over and over and over, right? <laughs> like I would check in with a client and be like, oh good, you're also not eating the protein. Great, right? And so I started creating little infographics. I started creating little PDFs and little things so that I could share with my people. And so, you know, just made sense to share to Instagram. And so over the years, you know, it's like, I've put out educational content on nutrition and on fitness. Um, and I do, you know, I kind of bounce around too. You know, it's like, I love, like, I'm known as like the product review queen. So if you're going to buy something, like I'm your person or same thing, you know, I love talking about beauty and stuff like that. Um, but truly, you know, tons of educational content to Instagram is where you can find me and definitely where I live. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Oof, you made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, share it to your social media, or leave a comment. That all really helps. So the kids say. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Butter Your Macros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>